Hey guys, welcome back to It Is Finished. I'm Bethy. And I'm Helena. And today we are back again with a part two on the life of David. Um, yeah. <laughs> Last week we started with our part one where we basically just went through the backstory of Israel and how David was before he became a king. Well, before he was appointed king, he's still not king yet. And his whole, the whole David and Goliath story. Yes. And this episode, we're just going to basically be talking about the whole David and Saul situation, because that's kind of what the book of Samuel, um, the later half, talks about um, Saul's jealousy, his plan to kill David, and then also what David's life looks like as king when he does reign after Samuel, <laughs> when he does reign after Saul, and um, as well as him and Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. Before we jump into this week's episode, we just want to answer a question that we got and just do a little life update. So this isn't really a question, but kind of just like a misunderstanding. Um, We saw that some people thought that the David and Goliath story was more of a metaphor than a real event. Um, I don't know if it's because it seems impossible for someone to be killed or someone that big to be killed with a little stone and a Mm. slingshot. Um, And I guess people think it's just meant to teach a lesson. Like you can do anything. And me and Bethy were just talking about it. If it's like a little lesson, then it has to be proved that you can do anything. So if it wasn't real, then that point wouldn't have been proven. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? (laughs) Anyways. Um, if you're saying yeah. it seems like it's impossible, it's kind of um, going against what you know God is because he can do anything with anything. So, yeah, I definitely agree. And I feel like also um, a lot of the things, I think we mentioned this in the last episode, but a lot of the things that you do um, when God tells you to do them, you you look weird and you look crazy and you look dumb to other people because they're not even looking at it through like God's view that makes sense like they might be looking at it through the flesh or the like physical realm and they're not understanding that this is like a spiritual thing like David didn't do it with the slingshot and the stones it was God that used him and it looked like it was just those rocks that did that but really there was so much behind the scenes that were going on that was spiritual and those that didn't have the eyes to see it and now um weren't like spiritually awake didn't understand that and I think that's where the misunderstanding happens mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we've definitely talked about this before how um some people just think that a lot of the stories in the bible didn't really happen or there's just metaphors like noah's flood Mm. or um what was another one i know we've talked about other ones where people thought it wasn't real but yeah but there like for noah's flood i'm pretty sure there's actual like physical historical evidence that it did happen i'm not laughing because it's like funny i'm just you know how i am but um yeah, the Bible does speak in metaphors sometimes, but like these actual stories, they're not. If it's saying it happened, like if it's recounting like a story, like an event, then it's not a metaphor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
I think the metaphor part comes especially in the Gospels when Jesus is speaking. He speaks in um, parables. There Those we are go. not the same thing as him telling a story. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, now on to our updates. I don't really... Oh, the only thing um, is school. That's really the only thing that's changed as we started. We're spring semester. <laughs> And it's not even, for me, it's not even that bad yet, but I just know it's going to, like, really start going. It's so annoying, but, um, because <laughs> we were talking about it, and I told Bethy so many times, like, I can't believe we have school in exactly two weeks. We have school Oh, yeah, that week. was the most annoying thing ever. Because it was just moving so fast, and I was like, wow. It really wasn't for me. For me, though. okay, for me, it was moving Jeez, you look like your winter break just was... Flew by. Yeah, because you were having so much fun. <laughs> what are you doing this winter break? <laughs> You're so funny. Anyways, um... It wasn't even that I was having that much fun. Like, I wasn't even doing anything crazy, but it was just, it just went by so quick. I don't know. Like, I feel like it was yeah. just Christmas, and now we're in our spring semester. But, yeah, I guess. I mean, I feel like a lot of people would be able to relate with you on that, but I genuinely feel like it was the month and something that was given to us. <laughs> and Whatever. I mean, now that's it started it doesn't even it doesn't feel like it used to like it doesn't really feel like I'm in school you know I don't know if it's because I'm at home or what but I mean I guess this is the first semester we started actually with being at home right oh yeah semester we no we didn't last semester we started online too (laughs) (laughs) you're right that is embarrassing what did I take last semester oh yeah you know what i'm so slow last semester we did start online do you see how fast time is going it's really bad but um it's kind of scary yeah right i don't know what she's talking about anyways (laughs) (laughs) um yeah school is not bad we're just getting used to it right now this is literally the first week so um nothing really new but um don't know why I said we should do an update. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah, nothing has changed for me besides school and work, and that's it. And I think I already talked about work before or like getting a job or whatever. But I see it, nothing special. Um, okay, let's just get into this episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the last thing that we okay, reset. All right, so now we're just going to move into this next episode, finally. Um, the last thing that we talked about, I'm pretty sure, was just David defeating Goliath, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was in, uh, yeah, so we ended in 1 Samuel 17, I think, right? Yes. Um, and now we're moving on, going straight into 18, chapter 18, and uh, I don't really know how to transition <laughs> into this. Um, so after, so after David defeated, um, Goliath, 
a lot of people started talking about him and you have to keep in mind that David was not known whatsoever. I mean, his own family forgot about him. Right. So word was just on the street and he was getting so much more attention. And of course this led to someone who was King mm-hmm. getting jealous. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I said anything like that, but um, <laughs> um, so yeah, after David defeated Goliath and they came back, um, it says that the women were singing, <laughs> Saul has slain his thousands and David his 10,000. Mm-hmm. And that made Saul angry because he got thousands and David got ten thousands and in verse nine it says so Saul I David from that day forward (laughs) and then in the next verse it says and it happened on the next day that the distressing spirit from God came upon Saul Saul why did I say Saul came upon Saul and he prophesied inside the house so David played his music with his hand as at other times but there was a spear in Saul's hand mm-hmm. yeah and so I'll try to uh, kill David with the spear but David escaped uh, and I, I don't know if I mentioned in the last episode or if you kept it in but I said that Saul was going crazy and that's what I meant by um, when he was going crazy is that he had a distressing spirit um, and he was trying to kill David um which i don't get why he was trying to kill him like if you're jealous you resort to murder it's kind of wild anyways um yeah just giving the example of how he said um saul was never meant to be king and he wasn't walking with god and that's how he fell started here yeah and i think this also goes to show that um I feel like David wasn't really expecting anyone, like anything bad to come out of everything. Like right now in his life, he just, you know, did the impossible, right? And um, a lot of people were talking about him. And then next, next thing he knows it, like now the king of Israel is trying to kill him. So I feel like that just goes to show that, you know, when you're at a high, like it's so easy to just not fall but go under like trial like Mm -hmm. even those who are favored and have the spirit in them like still go through trial and tribulation and that we can't really escape that Mm -hmm. and also I don't think he expected like this type of praise or so like he wasn't that's not what he did anything for Mm -hmm. like for people to praise him but on the other hand Saul who didn't even wasn't even the cause of the victory. He didn't fight Goliath or do anything to help them, not do anything to help them win, but you know, he wasn't the main victor. (laughs) Um, He was expecting all this praise and he was so mad that even though he got praise, it just wasn't enough. It wasn't as much as David who actually beat the giants. So it's like, what are you doing? He didn't even, he didn't even do it. And you expect more. Um, yeah and he even talked down on david when david was saying like hey i think i'm gonna go out there he's like um what are you doing you're young right and then now because he did it um you're jealous but i guess that's what happens um and then after that something that really caught my eye was samuel we're still in 18 but verse 12 where it says now saul was afraid of david because the lord was with him but had departed from 
but had departed from Saul. This, I was like, so Saul wants to kill him, but at the same time, he's afraid of him. And it said he was afraid of him, not because David just defeated Goliath and he thinks that he's super strong, he's going to kill him, but because the Lord was with him. The Lord being with you can make the devil afraid of you. That is your weapon, right? And that's exactly what David's weapon is. And that's why he was able to escape the many times that he did. And I just think it's so weird that um, Saul knew that the Lord was with David. And yet he still mm-hmm. tried to kill him multiple times. Um, and he continues doing that until later when we talk about how it ends. But um, it's like, what, what's the point, you know? And it just reminds me, like, we said so many times, what's the point? Like, the devil already knows he's going to be defeated. It's like, why is he still trying on this earth, you know? Like, what is he trying so hard for? <laughs> and it's the same thing. It's like, you already know, but you're still trying. Um, I guess, just bring them all down with you, you feel me? It's kind of sad. It's a little funny, but it's not funny. You know what I mean? I just think it's crazy the way the devil works. Like, he's not, he's just so smart. (laughs) It makes me mad to, like, admit this. But even we can go back to, like, Genesis with Adam and Eve. Like, the devil didn't come to Eve telling her to bow down to him or anything like that. But he made her believe that she was able to be like God. The devil always makes us believe that we have some crazy power that goes with like speaking things into existence or like these weird spiritual, the universe can do this for you and all that yeah, stuff. And making, manifesting, like saying things out loud so many times is going to make it happen for you. And yeah. all those things. Um, and if like I see on social media, people saying like, this is, like you guys are messing with um, satanic things and people are like, I don't even like, I wouldn't, I don't pray to see and I don't worship mm-hmm. him, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, you don't need to bow down to him to be worshiping him. You know, you don't mm-hmm. need to like pray to him to, for him to be like the God in your life. Um, and you see that from the very beginning, like that he knows that doing that would just be too easy. You know, people would be like, oh, that's the devil. I'm not going to bow down to you. But he comes in more appealing ways. Um, mm-hmm. And people just love having power and like autonomy and like, I can mm-hmm. do it myself. You know, I have this inner power that I can make like anything happen, you know? Um, and that is just so, like, he's so smart and it's so annoying. But like, dang, he really did it. Um, and it's just crazy and you still see it to this day it's just so wild like people literally wake up every morning and do the manifesting like they write literally thousands of lines or they say these things and it's like kind of scary um it's just like logically though i know i'm not like bashing these people because like obviously they their eyes just haven't been opened by god but from the perspective that i look at it now it's like Without God, right, I don't have Holy Spirit inside of me. I am literally flesh and blood. Like, there's only physical things. So, like, what makes me think that I can do something so, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know. It's just really weird because people really think that we have, like, like, we have these magical capabilities on our own, you know? Even though if that were the case, then 
why would life like it just a lot again we can't say logically because it's like not i don't know but um like i told you about like people like people think that we're like anyone can just be a witch and like um if you perform these if you have these crystals and mix these potions and stuff then this is gonna happen and it's like you realize that that pat like whatever happens is not like the result of you doing these things because it's just physical a crystal is not going to do anything it's a physical like object it has nothing it's an inanimate object with no type of life in it right so how is it going to cause these things to happen there has to be some other thing in the works that's doing something and that's not you (laughs) so we're just human you feel me I, I don't mean to love these people, but it's just like, <laughs> the devil is just too smart. And that's all I can say. Yeah, did a really good job. Whatever. Um, but I'm yeah, I don't even know how we got off talking with this. I think we were just saying like, it's just weird how the devil works in people. Um, like Saul knew mm-hmm. the was with David. He can't win. And yeah, he still tried to kill him um yeah it's just interesting yeah and and I think also like another thing is that while the Lord wasn't with um Saul and he made that really clear the only other thing that was with like if the Lord isn't with you it means the devil like has that capability to control you and i think that the devil was mad at all that god was able to do with david and seeing like all like imagine people seeing david a young person you know like defeat goliath this big scary person that might have really like ignited faith in some people like dang god is really with him you know and i think that the devil used saul to want to kill um david and yeah, because if people saw that Saul was able to kill David, who was this guy that defeated this huge giant, then, you know, it makes God look like he doesn't really have control over whatever's going on. Um, <laughs> but he didn't end up killing David, so it really doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting how the devil works. And this is what we were talking about with our friends episode. Um, like how you said if... Um, God isn't with you. It just gives the devil more room to like control you. Um, and we were saying that, and we didn't want people to think like that means the devil just has like people who aren't with God are just like the devil or like walking with the devil. But we didn't mean it in that way. You know what I mean? It's just like it's it's just like if you're with god like think about it like this it's not saying that people that aren't with god are with the devil and they're like devil worshipers or again that's not what we meant but it's like being with god you have his protection over you meaning like literally like the attacks of the devil are defeated like you can't like literally think of it like spiritually the blood of jesus is all over your body and all over every part of you and everything that you do the attacks of the the attacks of the enemy like aren't able to prevail but if you don't have that protection for example like there are people out there that actually curse people like literally put curses on people and if you don't have jesus that curse will literally like take a hold of you like i've watched so many different things i've seen so many different people who have had like 
who are in bondage because people curse them out and that's able like people can do that of course using the devil's power um yeah it's possible yeah and even like even aside from that the bible says that the human heart is wicked on its own like human we're not good people like we're not inherently good um so either way yeah you know that's what we were trying to say and i hope that came across in that episode but um yeah and it doesn't even have to be like it's the same thing with anything like that you were talking about in your tactile like anxiety and depression and all of those things um I was like, where was I going with that? Oh, there's more room <laughs> with anxiety and depression, all of those things. There's just more room um, for those types of things to attack you, which again, come from the devil, which again, like we're trying to say it's not all blatantly evil and like clear mm-hmm. as day. Like this is from the devil type of thing because people think anxiety and depression are just such normal human mm-hmm. um, emotions and character, like just mental health issues, I guess that's, People just think it's really just a normal part of life um, and that everyone goes through it and, you know, it's normal. Just take this medication or um, go to therapy or do this and do that, mm. you know, but um, those are literally attacks from the devil. Um, and it's not so obvious and people really think like they have the eyes to see like what's from the devil and they know like what is and what isn't. But that's just not the case in most and the thing circumstances. Is, yeah, and the only way you'll be able to know is by knowing, like, everything that you, like, the ability and authority that is given to you by Christ. Like, unless you know that through reading his word, you literally don't know what is from, what isn't from him. You know what I'm saying? Like, for example, I know depression isn't from him because I know that I have joy and that's one of the fruits of the spirit. Like, I know that was given to me, so therefore, like, no type of depression can have a hold in me and it's like if you don't know that joy has been given to you through christ then you would you wouldn't rely one on the world to give it to you and two you would know that any other attack is not like it can't have a hold of you yeah um i think our point is just that uh there's so many things in this world that come from him that really look like they're either from God, from our own power, or just normal parts of the world, from the universe, or whatever, from inanimate objects, from whatever. That it just doesn't look like him, or at least from worldly view. From a worldly view, it doesn't look like it's from the devil. Um, but like, trust me, he's not like, he's smart enough to know he doesn't need people to like say, I love Satan for them to actually love him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just really scary, but it's the truth. Okay. So um, the next thing that happens is Saul tests David and he does this by promising him that he would marry his daughter. So um, in verse 18, we're still in chapter 18. It says this was after um, 
this is after Saul like tells him that he would allow him to marry his daughter if he fights the Lord's battle, which just means that um, he would fight the Philistines again. So David said to Saul, who am I and what is my life or what is my father's family in Israel that I should be son-in-law to the king? You see how he's still so humbled, by the way, um, despite like David, not David, why do I keep doing that? Despite Saul trying to kill him and despite David defeating that trying, which is interesting to see. But yeah. mm. Well, I guess it's because he knows it's not of his own doing. I feel like um, mm. David is such a good example because sometimes um, in life, God gives us like these huge victories and then we are mm. like, oh my god I'm so smart like I'm so strong I'm so whatever um and we're so proud of ourselves and then we forget like it's really not our own doing um but especially because a lot of times we literally ask God to give us these victories and then we give ourselves the credit for it which is just Mm -hmm. ridiculous Um, like we pray for something and then let's say you pray for a really really good um grade on a test and you're like yes go me and it's like girl back up hold a minute (laughs) it's not you yeah yeah uh so it's just interesting to see his reaction versus like what a lot of people would be like but just a great example. Uh, yeah. yeah, just just resembling Jesus um, here. Um, and then after that, Saul does exactly, David does exactly <laughs> what Saul had told him to do. And um, in verse 27, it says, they, Therefore David arose and went. He and his men killed 200 200 men of the Philistines and David bought their foreskins and gave them in full count to the king that he might become the king's son-in-law. Um, then Saul gave him Michael, I think. Um, I swear it's not Michael. I swear it's not Michael. I, we listened to the audio and it says Michael. I think I it's Michal. Yeah, sound like it. But there's no way it's like, well, whatever, I don't know um that's not really important but yeah. and then verse 28 says thus Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David and that Michal uh Saul's daughter loved him and Saul was still more afraid of David so Saul became David's enemy continually mm-hmm. um I don't know I literally I giggled not because it was funny but because he said enemy and it just reminds me of the devil, how we call him the enemy, it's just really stupid. But um see how it's like he became more afraid, so he he just continued to be his enemy. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. But I guess that's also how the devil is. He's obviously if he has to be afraid of Jesus. He has to, even though he wants us to be defeated so badly, and he will literally do anything and everything to make sure we fall um he's still he's still his plot to have us in hell with him doesn't stop so yeah but i also thought it was pretty interesting how um like we said before some people have this wrong interpretation of the devil but also that your enemy is not like it's not a literal spirit it could be a spirit inside a body so you never know um who the devil is using in your life that's why it's again so important to surround yourself with people of god right because you don't want 
the devil to use somebody in your life to attack you. And that has happened so many times. I've heard so many stories about that. Um, so, yeah. Ooh, it could be somebody time. close to you, like your father-in-law. Huh? Story time. <laughs> Who, me? You yeah. tell a story? Mm. Um, let me think. <laughs> <laughs> like people's parents. Start like, I think. Oh, um, I've heard this isn't like a specific one, but I've heard of like people's parents um, being used by the devil to like either kick out or or stop whatever like they're doing um, because their child is a Christian. You know what I'm saying? Like they're mad that their child is a Christian and they'll do anything and everything to even convince them to um, stop being a Christian. But yeah, the devil uses anyone could even be your quote-unquote friend it's just really important to listen to holy spirit about that anyways and um also you have to realize as bethy said before people think that um just because you're a christian means like you're not gonna have trials and tribulations but that's like literally the opposite because if you're representing jesus um literally the enemy the enemy the world is against god so like you're automatically gonna have those enemies your enemies aren't even your enemies they're god's enemies you feel me but it's really mm. the devil in those people it's like <laughs> the the devil is in a certain amount of people and god is in a certain amount of people and those it's like the devil each god. other yeah literally but it's in multiple people so it's mm. like two groups but it's all just two beings you know what i mean mm. It's just a matter of which side you're on. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that battle is going to happen at the end. Yeah, literal, physical, yeah, and spiritual. Something that we'll actually see <laughs> with our eyes if we're here for that. Well, we we talked, you know, we talked about this. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just really crazy. But uh, yeah. I don't even know why we keep getting so off topic, <laughs> but yeah. Um, okay, so um, you can go actually. Okay. <clears throat> Alrighty, so we talked about how Saul is super jealous of David and how he fears him and how he's his enemy and now he plans to kill him. Because, of course, if you're scared of someone, to kill them, right? Um, so we're going to move. Well, okay, we're just going to move to the next chapter, um, into chapter 19. And keep in mind, like, Saul has already tried to kill him, and he literally keeps trying. Like, he won't just give up. It's just ridiculous. Um, so if we look at verse 9, it says, now the distressing spirit from the Lord came upon Saul as he sat in his house with his spear in his hand, and David was playing music with his hand. Then verse 10 says, Then Saul sought to pin David to the wall with the spear, but he slipped away from Saul's presence, and he drove the spear into the wall. So David fled and escaped that night. Yeah. And then following, um, Saul makes another attempt, but this time he sends messengers. And in verse 15, it says, Then Saul sent the messengers back to see David, saying, Bring him bring him up to me in the bed that I may kill him. Um, but by the time the messengers got there, basically Michal 
knew that um, they were coming and David fled and escaped again. Um, and then we're going to talk about Jonathan now and we haven't mentioned him yet, but he has already been brought up in the previous chapters. Um, Jonathan is Saul's, I was going to say David. I don't know why I keep mixing them up. Jonathan is Saul's son. Um, and despite being Saul's son, he is on David's side. They are friends. Um, mm-hmm. And this is the type of friends we met when we were doing our episode on, our, on friendships. Um, mm-hmm. But if you go back to chapter 18, verse 1, it says, now, when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Mm. That's just so precious. Look at that friendship. Um, and, and like, this can also show that sometimes friends do run deeper than blood. Um, like, if, you're, if your parents or your brother, or whatever, your relatives, um, if they're not walking with God and they're trying to push you away, people are like, that's your family, you know? Family comes first, but it's like, family does not come first. I hate to break it to you, but that's really not the case. People really think family comes first and friends come first, and all of these things come first, but that's not the case. If your mom is telling you Jesus is not real, stop reading the Bible, don't listen to her just because she's your mom. She does not come first in your life. Um, that's just not it. And sometimes friends have more of a tie to you than blood. And that's spiritually. You feel me? Blood is literally just a physical thing, you know? Like being related to someone. It's about that spiritual connection, if that makes sense. So, um, now we're going to get into the covenant that Jonathan and David made. Um, So, in chapter 20, we're moving on to chapter 20 now, um, verse 16, it says, by the way, this is a New King James Version we've been reading this whole time. Sorry, we didn't say it earlier. Um, So, Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, let the Lord require it at the hand of David's enemies. Now, Jonathan again caused David to vow because he loved him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. Um, And basically following this, like Helena said earlier, um, Jonathan was fighting for David. And I remember reading either in chapter 18, 19, or 20, I don't remember, but... um, Jonathan would try to convince Saul to not kill Mm -hmm. David or or even just like just plead for him type of thing and of course Saul would not change his mind at all and um an example of this is um when he was supposed to be at the dinner right um but Jonathan told David to like not be there because he knew his dad had planned to kill him at the dinner so um Jonathan said to Saul David earnestly asked permission of me to go to Bethlehem and he and he said please let me go for our family has a sacrifice in the city and my brother has commanded me to be there um and then Saul's anger arose of course he was mad he said you son of a perverse rebellious woman do 
do I not know that you have chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother's nakedness? For as long as the son of Jesse lives on this, on the earth, by the way, Jesse is David's mm-hmm. dad. Yeah. You shall not be established nor your kingdom. Now, therefore, send and bring him to me, for he shall surely die. And he answered to him, basically, like, they go back and forth arguing. He's saying, why should he die? And then he was just like, you know what? I'm going to go next morning. I'm going to go find him. And that's where we leave off here. So um, we're kind of going to skip ahead a couple chapters into chapter 24. Um, This is kind of wrapping up the whole Saul and David story, but, um, or, yeah, I guess story, but, um, so Saul was told that David was in the wilderness and, like, I guess hiding and stuff, and then in verse 2 of 24, it says, then Saul took 3,000 chosen men from all Israel and went to seek David and his men on the rocks of the wild goats, which is just like, dang, 3,000, you're kind of extra. But um, I guess he really, really just wanted to kill him. And um, yeah, so um, right as Saul and his men um, went to the rocks of wild goats, um, which I just appeared to be like some mountain area, cavish place. Um, no, it was a mountain area, but David and his men were staying in the cave. So basically Saul like knew he was in the wilderness, but he didn't know exactly where he was. And before Saul saw David, David saw Saul. And, um, when David did see Saul, the men of David were saying to him, and this is in first four chapter 24, by the way, um, they were saying to him, this is the day which the Lord said to you, behold, I will deliver you. I will deliver your enemy into your hand that you may do good to him, that you may do to him as it seems good to you. Um, and what did David do? Spoiler, he did not kill him. He actually <laughs> cut a corner of his rope, um, which you might be like, what why would he do that i mean this man has been after his life for the past god knows how long literally i don't know how long but Mm -hmm. i would assume a very long time and he has been escaping and fleeing and i mean never doesn't mention he was afraid actually saul was afraid of him but still like i believe me that all he did was just cut his rope and continuing that yeah and um David's men were saying this is the day that you're gonna you're gonna defeat him um and all those things and David was actually um kind of guilt he felt guilt for cutting his robe for cutting Saul's robe and he said in verse six the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master the Lord's anointed to stretch out my hand against him seeing he is the anointed of the Lord isn't that crazy Saul was trying to kill him this whole time, and he's still saying, you know, showing him mercy, saying, I can't do this. Um, And David restrained his servants with those words and did not allow them to rise against Saul. Keep in mind, David saw Saul before Saul saw David. So he had the opportunity, perfect opportunity to do whatever he had to do to get rid of Saul. And he had his men with him, but he didn't. Um, and Saul got up from the cave and he left mm. without being harmed. And then 
I guess I'll just move on. In verse 8, it says, David also rose afterward and went out of the cave and called to Saul, saying, My lord, the king. Keep. Do you see how he's still saying, my lord, the mm -hmm. king, and still being, like, disrespectful to him, even though he's literally coming after him to kill him, and he had to go into hiding and do all these things? It's just kind of crazy. Um, and then Saul turned around, and David felt his face and bowed down um so yeah after um david greets him um david basically explains how he had seen him in the beginning he had the opportunity to kill him but all he did was cut the corner of his robe and i think he actually even did that as just like a way to prove that he like had the ability to kill him um because it makes no other sense why he would just do that um but also like the mercy that he had on him um and just like I, like you said guilt um and then Saul responds saying is this your voice my son David this is in verse 16 and Saul lifted up his voice and wept and he said to David you are more righteous than I for you have rewarded me with good whereas I have rewarded you with evil and you have shown me this day that you have dealt with me for for when the Lord delivered me into your hand, you did not kill me. For if man finds his enemy, will he let him get away safely? Therefore, may the Lord reward you for good, which you have done to me this day. And now I indeed, now I know indeed that you shall surely be king and the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. Therefore, swear now to me by the Lord that you will not cut off my descendants after me and that you will not destroy my name from the father's house. So David swore to Saul, and Saul went home, but David and his men went up to the stronghold. And, um, yeah, and right after Samuel actually dies, which is perfect timing for um, kind of his role in the whole David and Saul situation. And it was literally him that God used to even get Saul. I mean, God, it was him that... Um, the Lord used to get David. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much how the story between Saul and David ends. Um, after then, Saul promises to never um, kill or try to kill David and David does the same. And I feel like that just was like a turning point to even um, the devil when he realized like, this there's nothing not there's nothing i can do but really that um god is really using this person and he's not willing to like let go of the righteousness that he very much um, upholds and i think you can even see that in the psalms where david really talks about righteousness and, and staying righteous and um yeah right so after all this happens fast forward david is king um and just another significant thing that we want to talk about in David's life. I feel like that a lot of people know about, or maybe not, I don't really know, but um, the story of David and Bathsheba, where David commits this sin. Um, so I guess we're just going to summarize it, but it's in 2 Samuel 11. Um, mm -hmm. David, let's see. Actually, I want to read it. Um, so 2 Samuel 11, verse 2, it says, Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. So David sent and inquired about the woman, and someone said, 
is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Then David sent messengers and took her, and she came with him, and he lay with her, for she was cleansed from her impurity, and she returned to her house. And the woman conceived, so she sent and told David and said, I am with a child. Um, and then after this, um, David actually set up for Bathsheba's husband, Uriah to be killed um and he actually died right yeah yeah Yeah. and then um in verse 27 it says still chapter 11 it says in the morning and when her morning was over David sent and brought her to his house she became his wife and he bore him a son and bore him a son but the thing that David had done displeased the Lord Mm -hmm. so that was a sin obviously um in verse 13 of second samuel 12 it says so david said to nathan i have sinned against the lord and nathan said to david the lord also has put your sin away you shall not die however because this deed because by this deed you have given great occasion to the enemies of the lord to blaspheme the child who is who was born to you shall surely die then nathan deported to his house and um sooner it says um the lord struck the child that uriah's wife bore to david and it became ill and this is really how we're gonna unless you have any other verse to read yeah and this is pretty much how we're gonna end the story of david there's so much more that he does but we had to mention his sin because while David was used greatly by God, amazing king, loved righteousness, was super humble and and portrayed Jesus in many aspects, he isn't Jesus. He isn't the king of kings. And that's exactly why we need Jesus, right? He's not perfect. He's sin. He got caught up in his flesh and he saw a woman who seemed really attractive and he couldn't help that flesh, um, the flesh like sin that was that was inherited by adam and eve mm-hmm. and um yeah. he sinned yeah and it's just important to keep in mind even though um god can do all of these things in us and we literally saw that through david um through everything he accomplished everything he defeated you still have your flesh no matter mm-hmm. how, what god does in your life no matter how many uh, miracles goes like no matter how many miracles you perform through his spirit, you still are in constant battle with yourself and with the enemy and with your own nature. And you can literally fall at any time um, in your life, regardless of what, where you are in your faith. It's never impossible for you to not sin because you aren't Jesus. You aren't him yourself. You have a part of him. You have part of you has him in you if that makes sense but you still have your human nature it's just a constant battle and um yeah really is just to show that we're not perfect no matter no matter what so yeah yeah and i think it's also very important that while we do have that flesh side of us and while we are sinners um and that's not going to change um David still faced the consequences of his sin. And like him, we do that as well. Whether we realize it 
or not. Every time we sin, even if we repent, even if that sin is paid for by Jesus, there is still a consequence in your life that you're going to pay for every sin that you do. So one, this just goes to show that like it'll be paid for. Like it's not going to be paid for, but I mean, it is paid for. But what I'm saying is there's always a consequence and there's always the aftermath of it. You're not just going to ride freely um, off of sinning. But also why it's important to not take advantage of God's grace while he is very graceful and merciful and like he doesn't expect perfection out of us um it doesn't mean that okay I can sin I have that I have that um ability to sin and and also get covering by Jesus and his death most have to understand that um it's not to be taken advantage for and it's not like okay I'll lie it's okay um God is gonna forgive me so that's something to keep in mind and we, we're not saying we have consequences just because God doesn't like the sin and he's looking at us and saying, she sinned, she needs a consequence. But it's literally just because, or it's also just because, um, like we've said before, the things that are considered sins, if God is telling us not to do something, it's not because he's just picky and he doesn't like certain things, but he, it's because he knows what's best for us and he knows that um, certain things do lead us down to where places that we should not be going so those consequences are literally just um the aftermath of what we're doing because it's wrong and it's not good for us it's not just because um (laughs) he doesn't like certain things that we do and he's just punishing us but because they're literally just not good things to do like sleeping with someone's wife and then having him killed (laughs) it's not like a good thing to do yeah um yeah and um, you have to also understand that when you sin, you're not covered by the blood of Jesus because literally it's impossible. So like whatever act you're doing, whether that be murder or like um, fornication or whatever, right? Um, when you're in that act, you don't have the blood of Jesus over you. And that gives that leeway for the devil to do whatever he wants. If he wants to put sickness in the child while you're doing whatever that God had an intent it for you to do then that will happen because you don't have the protection of god so yep um so all around david was like she said a great king merciful humble he resembled jesus and keep in mind we say resemble not he was jesus we always say we are supposed to resemble him but we're not going to be him he still sinned he still made a mistake and he still suffered the consequences but Again, he was really just a great example of the type of character that we should be showing on this earth, even though he still it's, messed it. But um, it's just crazy to me because this man right now is in heaven and he's walking with Jesus and Paul and all these amazing people. We just literally analyzed his life and he's literally up there in heaven. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> um, like teaching children and teaching adults and stuff. So will i guess meet him one day and tell him yeah. <laughs> what he looks like we do <laughs> um, but um, what a wonderful guy and i mean honestly we can tell that he really had the favor of god i mean he literally had the mm-hmm. house of david like named after him um he was the ancestor of jesus through like um human form literally mm-hmm. was born from the line of david um so 
there's so much grace there's so much favor that was in his life and we really really recommend you guys to read first and second samuel because um the old testament i feel like is very overlooked and a lot of people don't um understand that these people's lives that god has used is so it is informational teaches so much for us right now and even though jesus jesus <laughs> and even though jesus um wasn't like you know he didn't come and die for sins and all that stuff you could still see like we said the resemblance um of him and there's so many other people that resemble him including like abraham and noah like all these people literally they're if you look at their aspects and their their characteristics and their personalities they resemble parts of jesus which is just portraying his coming but yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it. <laughs> yep. Um, alrighty. Well, um, we hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything, as we always say, just DM us at It Is Finished Podcast on our Instagram um, and our TikTok and It Is Finished Pod at gmail.com. Um, let us know anything, any, literally anything. We always say this. But um, oh, and also, if you haven't yet, uh, please. If you haven't given your life to Jesus yet, today is a day. <laughs> we don't say this enough at the end of our episodes, but um, like we said before, you really never know when your last day is. The only thing that's really guaranteed on this earth besides, you know, God existing and all that is death. Um, we are going to die and um, you don't want to die without knowing Jesus because once you die, you don't have the opportunity again. So and if you are um, wanting to do it right now, I actually like have a sinner's prayer that if you want to just like repeat after me, um, we can quickly just say this really quick. Um, so start off by just again repeating after me saying, Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and I need a savior. I want to turn away from my sinful life to the life you have planned for me. Please forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of my past. Make me new. I know your son, Jesus Christ, died for me. I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. And at this very moment, I accept, confess, and proclaim Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and savior. To live in my heart for this day, forward thank you jesus for your grace that has saved me from my sins and has given me eternal life In jesus name amen, amen. yes ma'am congratulations right. if you did <laughs> <laughs> i'm really yeah. happy for you and again email us if you need anything or dm us or whatever any form of communication that we mentioned go ahead um so yeah we'll see or you'll hear us next week bye guys bye